Welcome to NinjaCast, a photography podcast powered by Studio Ninja, the world's highest rated business management app built specifically for photographers. Listen and learn as the most successful photographers on the planet share their knowledge to help you transform every element of your photography business. Here's your host, Sally Shaw. Hi guys, welcome to NinjaCast. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Kyle Goldie. Today we're going to be covering everything from SEO, how to get your SEO working in the first place, and once it is working for you, how to convert those clients that are landing on your website. Let's get started. Hi Kyle, how are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me here today. I appreciate it. Oh, no, I appreciate it. It's been um, such a long time coming. I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. Um, I know your schedule is packed out, which we'll, I'm sure we'll find out why in this episode. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you and delve into your topic of choice. So for our listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, give us a bit of background. Talk to me about your career, your time in the industry so far. Yeah, so um, a bit of a, I'll try to paraphrase into a nutshell because it's a <laughs> long sort of uh, journey that I've had. But I got started uh, by getting my business degree back in 2007. I realized at the time that I needed to make a little bit of money and I didn't know how to run my own business at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got into working for an advertising agency as a Google AdWords manager, ah. which kind of started my journey of learning data and data-driven decisions because I was living inside of essentially an Excel document. Mm -hmm. So I did that, but realized I hated working for other people. (laughs) So I took the very small amount of money in my bank account. It was like $500, moved back in with my parents, which was not the most fun decision (laughs) and chose to get into something creative and something for myself, which was at the time photography. So that was about 14 years ago now. And that led me down the rabbit hole of getting into eventually commercial fashion photography, editorial fashion photography down in Los Angeles, primarily worked with a lot of really amazing clients over the next six, seven years or so until I met a woman who was now my wife. (laughs) We essentially chose to move back to the Seattle area where I am now. Mm-hmm. because we were thinking forward. We didn't want to raise children down in Los Angeles. I still don't have kids, still <laughs> working on that journey, but that's what brought us back here. And purely and simply out of a business decision, we decided to get into weddings, elopements, and portraits. Mm-hmm. And it's, that was back in about 2013 or so. Mm-hmm. And then since then, uh, you know, we also got into education after figuring out like, oh, well, this is a repeatable sort of system. We got into real estate investing. We got into owning a coffee shop now. Wow. So we're, we're trying to diversify revenue and not, uh, not just have the photography stream of income anymore. Absolutely. And then, so you've got a photo- huge photography background. So mm-hmm. when you're kind of talking SEO for photographers, you really know what you're talking about in terms of how it then affects a photographer's business. So You've already mentioned Google AdWords. You were kind of, you had that knowledge there already. What made you kind of make a business out of it? Yeah. So when I chose to start working for myself, after I quit that Google Ads job, I I really thought I had this passion for photography because when I was a kid, I was traveling the world. My dad was a pilot. And so I always wanted to document things with a camera, Mm -hmm. but because I didn't have money, 
turn mine into Google ads all the time. I was like, all right, well, how can I do this for free? How can I take essentially the same data, the same keywords, but then get in front of people for zero dollars? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially SEO. It's just by getting in front of very strategic keywords and then having just the visibility grow over time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose to get into to SEO and, and ditch the ads back then. And for anyone listening, I'm not against ads. I'm not like bashing ads educators, anything like that. But that's just my kind of starting path of wanting to get into SEO, just out of the fact that I had to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you you know you you're traveling all the time and you're young, you've not necessarily got the money to throw ads right now, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so SEO is kind of your specialty, yeah, your jam. So I'm I'm excited to kind of pick your brains and go as deep as we can in in just one short episode. I know that we could probably spend about ten episodes just we on could. one portion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, you must have seen it all, right? You you coach photographers, um, you have courses that you run, you are very active on social media, helping people out in there. You must see all the mistakes, all the successes. So what are the, the common mistakes that you see photographers making with their SEO? Yeah, it's a good question. Like that one topic I could talk like eight hours about, but... <laughs> The biggest thing that I see making, you know, photographers specifically making mistakes with their SEO is that they think of their SEO like the end all be all answer of like getting more clients, making more money, simplifying their life. But SEO does not exist in a vacuum Mm -hmm. because if we're really compartmentalizing what happens inside of your business, SEO, the goal of it is not to get a booking. The goal of your SEO is just to get targeted ideal traffic coming to the website. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Facebook ads. It's the same thing with Google ads. It's the same thing with any traffic source. That's the one goal of it. It's just to get the traffic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of photographers I've seen are doing one of two things as the biggest mistakes. Number one, going after the wrong keywords because they're thinking, oh, I think I should go after this keyword because I live in this area and this is my job title. So I'm going to go for that without even doing the research to begin with. Mm-hmm. And if they live in a smaller area, well, most often in tiny little towns, there's no one Googling for you in that little tiny town. Mm. So we then have to identify, well, what are they Googling for? Yeah. Problem number two is they forget about the conversion element of traffic. So they think, well, my SEO is dialed in. I did everything that this person told me to go do, but it's still not working. Oh my gosh. But at that point, we got to look at your website, the content, the quality, the messaging, the personal brand, the framework of the design, everything. Yep. And, and if that's not dialed in, it's going to feel like SEO or ads are not working, even though those are doing their job properly. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the this city wedding photographer in this city, and you've said the same city name about seven times in one paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> feels very SEO, doesn't it? It feels like you're writing for Google rather than writing for your client. Yeah, there, there's definitely the blend of people in Google when it comes down to like your copywriting and like the, the strategy behind the keywords. Um, but yeah, at the foundation, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone's website saying, oh, I'm on page one for my keyword. Yay. I don't need any help. I look at their keyword. I look at the data and then I tell them and this, it becomes very uncomfortable because then I'm like, well, did you know your keyword has a search volume of zero people a month? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's no one's looking for this. And then we look at a map and we identify a city that's within about 90 minutes of like this bigger area. I'm like, well, have you considered going after this keyword over here? Mm-hmm. 
It's not ideal in the world of SEO going after something like that, but sometimes we have to because there's just nothing around them. Absolutely. Now we're talking about keywords, keyword research. It's a term that we hear a lot when we talk about SEO or, you know, websites in general, I guess. I think often photographers hear it and they kind of go, well, yeah, I resonate with that, but I don't necessarily know what to do with it. So how can photographers, you know, identify what keyword research is? How do they do it? How do they actually implement that? Um, And how does it then affect their marketing, their SEO? How does it all link in? Yeah, totally. Another loaded question, but I'll try to, I'll try to answer it. <laughs> We're going to be full of them today, Kyle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. SEO in general, right? Because like every SEO question really answers with, it depends. And then it goes mm-hmm. on with the thing. So for this, I would say, start with a tool to do your SEO keyword research. The agency grade tools out there are things like Hrefs, SEMrush, Etc. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of photographers, they don't want to spend that type of money on a SEO tool. Mm-hmm. So I typically recommend photographers to start with a keyword tool called Keywords Everywhere. At the moment, it's only $10 for a whole year, which includes 100,000 search credits. Wow. So, so for most photographers, they're never going to have to spend more than 10 bucks a year on uh, a keyword research tool. Beyond that, yes, you'll have to start with a keyword uh, that's transactional. So again, area plus job title. So let's just use London as an example here. So if we use London as an example, it'd be something like, and you mentioned wedding photographers earlier. So London wedding photographer, London wedding photographer, London wedding photography, London UK wedding photographer, and then photographers and then photography, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We have to look up all that type of data. And then we also have to look up all the different variants on all this, all the different surrounding area, as well as what I call brand awareness keywords. So that's another big thing a lot of photographers are missing out on regarding their keyword research. They're looking up their transactional stuff, their area plus job title. And then they're like, well, that's it. Thank you. And then they look at like the next city or something, Mm -hmm. but they forget all about brand awareness keywords. Brand awareness keywords for a wedding photographer, just as an example here, would be for wedding venues. Because if people are looking up the you know, research for their engagement, and the very first thing that they do primarily is looking up a wedding venue to do their research to lock in their date. Mm. So if we can get in front of a lot of those keywords, you can get in front of a lot of people even before they're looking for a photographer. Mm-hmm. So if we do a lot of that, and a photographer, if they're doing it right anyway, could make ideally a lot of money. But also when they're dialing in the website, the content, the messaging, the framework. Yeah. So yeah, they have to get in the mindset of their ideal client and like identify the keywords that they uniquely are using and then look at the data through the Keywords Everywhere tool just to make sure that that's actually the thing they're Googling for. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, in a weird kind of way, what I'm hearing is maybe SEO doesn't come first, it comes second. You know, you need the website there, you need the content there that's going to hook your ideal client and hook the clients that you want to work with. Yeah. Once you've got that, SEO kind of, sends them your way. Yeah. So whenever people come to me and they're like, oh, I want help with SEO. Normally I'll say, all right, let's go look at your website first because everybody in the world is wanting faster results. Right. And there's a whole bunch of myths about SEO. We can talk about briefly too, if you wanted to. Um, But the first step for most people to get faster results is optimizing your website. Mm. 
because most people have people that know of them already. They have some sort of an audience, even if it's not the number of people that they want right now. Well, if we convert to them better right now, before even the SEO stuff is kicking in, mm-hmm. then great. You're going to get faster results. You're going to make more money. Your, your sales process is going to be simplified because we're putting your best foot forward first. Once that is dialed in, then we do your SEO keyword research, and then we do what's called on-page SEO, as well as your content marketing through the different pages and blog posts, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then if we have to, then we look at your off-page SEO for like backlinks and building up that side of essentially of the website. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. So, I mean, you mentioned myths there. Let's kind of dive into that a little bit. What What are the... SEO myths for photographers? Yeah. So a big one, like a huge one really (laughs) is that SEO has to take months and you have to be patient for months for your SEO to kind of kick in. Mm -hmm. And I say, like we said earlier, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. Because the biggest thing is it depends on the keyword itself. Mm -hmm. If the keyword itself is really competitive, like London wedding photographer, London family photographer, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then, yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to have to do in order to get you towards page one. A lot more stuff in comparison to going after, let's say, as, as our earlier example, an individual wedding venue. Yeah. Because if there's not a lot of people going after a certain keyword, well, it's lower competition and easier to get on page one. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a lower competition keyword, I've seen a lot of my clients get on page one in a week or two, not six months down the road. Mm-hmm. So while we are doing all the work necessary to get in front of the the most competitive key phrases, we're also creating content at the same time for the lower hanging fruit. So we can get on page one faster for some of those brand awareness keywords. They're doing things simultaneously and not just like, oh, well, it takes months. I'll just be patient. And they ignore what actually needs to happen. And they wait too long with their SEO and they think, oh, it's not working. So I'm going to go try out some Facebook ads. Yeah. And they just give up. It's, I think SEO for a lot of people out there is, you know, especially when you're not a professional like yourself, um, you know, it, it's a case of throwing something at the wall and hoping that it sticks. And then when you're yeah. a few months later and you feel like it hasn't stuck, you move on to something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if they're throwing like the spaghetti at the wall, seeing if it sticks or not, but a lot of times people don't even know how to analyze the data mm-hmm. to see like, why is it stuck? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And if it is stuck, it's like, well, how do I get it unstuck now? Mm-hmm. So yeah, when a lot of, I mean, not, not just photographers, but anyone who's lo- learning SEO, a lot of times they're thinking it's a different language. It's so confusing. It's so technical. Yeah. But when we're really talking about like the base root of it, it's not that way. It's just that a lot of in my personal opinion, a lot of blog posts and a lot of YouTube videos over SEO stuff, the educator, the person that's saying all these things about SEO, they're a technical expert. And so that's just the way that they talk. Mm. Whereas for a lot of photographers, we need to talk about SEO in very plain English sort of way. Mm-hmm. So it's not confusing. And then we look at the stuff that actually makes a difference and we really not ignore the rest but we don't put so much energy and so much thought into what I call getting stuck in the weeds because mm-hmm. they can do like an SEO audit from someone and they're like, Oh, well, your Twitter card is missing. And if someone's like, well, what the hell is a Twitter card? Why do I need this thing over here? Why is it saying it's a big error? I'm like, you should not worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about all these things. 
just worry about the content, push out that content. Don't overthink the content, just push it out, push it out, push it out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, noise, I suppose, in the SEO world that we need to cut through. For sure, definitely. So for our listeners, you know, they're listening to this, they're thinking, yeah, I hear you. You know, I kind of have a rough idea of what SEO is. I know I should be doing it. I'm maybe not doing it as much as I should do. I'm maybe not pushing that content out as much as I should. Mm -hmm. What can they do right after listening to this to make a difference to their website, their SEO, kind of one or two things that they can go and do straight away? I mean, number one is always going to be proper SEO keyword research. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to be proper SEO keyword research. Again, the keywords everywhere, Google Chrome extension, get that, pay the 10 bucks. Obviously, I'm not an affiliate for it. Just go get the tool. Yeah. And get in your mindset of your ideal client avatar, whoever it is. If it's a family client, if it's a wedding client, whoever it is, get in the mindset of them. Look up your transactional keywords first. So the area that you live in, plus the areas that are around you. <clears throat> and for most people, I say areas that are within a 90 minute drive time. Look up all those different areas, identify what the keyword data is. It's a bit of a time-consuming process, but it's worthwhile because you pretty much only have to do it one time. And then go down the rabbit hole, your brand awareness keywords. If you're doing the two things there, the transactional keywords and the brand awareness keywords, and then you optimize your on-page SEO, which is your titles, meta descriptions, SEO tag structure, like H1, header tag kind of stuff, as well as the keywords within the content, Great. You're going to be ahead of a lot of people already. And then if you go after the brand awareness stuff on your blog posts, great. You'll be even further ahead of a lot of people in your area. But it all starts with SEO keyword research. Love that. That's fantastic. So, I mean, we've touched on it briefly. Having amazing SEO is great. And that's a lot of work. But if when actually clients, potential clients are getting to your website, they're not converting, then you've got a whole different problem. So how can photographers build a website that means that not only, yes, their SEO is good and they've put the work into that, but their actual conversion rate is good too? Yeah. So my biggest piece of advice, and this is hard for humans in general, but to take the ego out of it, take emotion out of it, and then ask Whoever is in your world, whether it be like your partner at home, friends, family, photographers, anybody, but make sure you're going to be getting honest feedback from what they see on your website, what they feel on your website. Mm -hmm. What we do inside of my mastermind program is what I call an uncomfortable call (laughs) because it's uncomfortable. Mm So we say, all right, everyone, we're going to be looking at so-and-so's website. We're going to identify our number two reasons why we would not want to go book her for X price. Yeah. We're all nice about it, but we then say our number one and number two reasons why we would not want to go book. Mm -hmm. And so the more and more and more they come back, eventually the goal is, oh, I would just book you. As long as I knew of you and knew that you existed, I'd throw money at you. Mm -hmm. But we need more of that honest feedback first. Because everybody's website is different. The content we see is subjective to the viewer. It's just art. So if if someone's saying, oh, I wouldn't book you because your editing is inconsistent. Okay, well then re-edit some of this content. We need it to be consistent, especially for the higher budget audience. But if your personal brand is also bad, like it's a cell phone, like selfie, well, you don't value photography yourself. So why would I want to go pay you for that? Mm -hmm. If your branding is bad, the colors are distracting from the work itself. If the elements are too like crammed in or too far apart, look like there's design flaws across your website. 
you're not paying attention to details, you won't pay attention to mine. Yeah. If you're not personal on your website, you're talking about yourself in third person constantly. It doesn't feel personal. I'm not going to get a personalized service now. Mm-hmm. If it's confusing to like find stuff I'm looking for, again, I'm confused. Confused people don't buy. Mm-hmm. So we need to get very strategic with this website. And the website design itself is going to be changed slightly depending on the niche that you're in. Mm-hmm. So like boudoir photographers versus wedding photographers is a big one because they're totally different approaches, totally different marketing messages. Yeah. We need, need to be talking about different things essentially. Absolutely. So, did yeah. you, did you say this is something that you cover in your mastermind group? So this is kind of the, the kind of topics that you, that you talk about the support that you offer each other. Yeah. yeah. Most people come me for SEO help, but because SEO doesn't exist in that vacuum, I help them with all the other things too. Website, pricing, sales, client communication systems, automation, all of it. All of it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, your dogs are chirping in too. <laughs> yeah. They're having a good old play there in the background. <laughs> they are. So, I mean, I guess the big overall thing for any business owner, but especially, you know, I'm a photographer myself. Um, and I feel like there's a, a theme in our industry, more specifically, we want to make more money. Well, it's worth less. You know, we don't want to have to work in all the hours God sends to be able to um, make the, the salary that we want in a year. So how can what you're talking about help photographers achieve that? So it's not going to be overnight. <laughs> it's going to be work up front because all that SEO research, all the on-page SEO efforts, the website, you know, tweaking, redesigning, whatever have, ha- has to happen at that, at that stage there. It's just going to take work. Yeah. But once that stuff is dialed in, the goal with your SEO content, the goal with you cranking up more blog posts is that the fact that it's work up front, but it's less and less and less and less over time. Because mm-hmm. for most of us in most markets, there's not a lot of keywords. The most amount of keywords for a photographer is in the wedding industry. In all these other industries, it's less and less and less. But that's mm-hmm. a good thing because at some point, we're, like, we're going to run out of stuff to even blog about. We're going to run out of stuff to create content for Mm-hmm. So all of these sorts of things are really beneficial because at some point, great, your SEO regarding content itself is tackled. It's mm-hmm. done. You can lay under this shaded tree that you've had growing for X amount of months or years. <laughs> and then you can start putting your effort into other things. You can start to, to, to pivot that effort into other things. Mm-hmm. Those other things are going to be dependent on your career as a photographer, because just as an example, a lot of times I've seen photographers get out of the industries that they're in at between the ages of 35 to 40. It's yeah. kind of like a very common sort of age to be like, ah, I'm going to pivot into something else. Yeah. Well, at that point, because your SEO is ideally dialed in by that age, then you're able to then, okay, great. Well, I'm going to put less pressure on my photography business. I'm going to allow people to come into me, but then I'll pivot my, my freed up time that I have because I've done all this work into diversifying revenue. Yeah. So that's why, you know, my wife and I, so we still have an active photography business, but we work less than I'd say two to three hours a week at this point to like act, act actively manage and maintain everything. That's incredible. Because we just kick back. I don't post on Instagram anymore. I don't do really any blog posts anymore. The last blog post that I wrote for my wedding photography business was probably two, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm still getting over a million people seeing my content each year. Wow. So it doesn't really matter for me. Because I'm still booking the clients I want to go book, still making the money I want to go make, but we have all this freed up time. And that's why we got the coffee shop for extra cash flow. That's why we got real estate for extra cash flow. 
Yeah. So it's just easier over time rather than living inside of a Google AdWords manager or Facebook ads manager and always having to look at data and always having to like pivot some sort of ad creative. Absolutely. Definitely. I love that. If there was anything that you could change over the course of your career, let's say, you know, we, we took you back and you were just about to get that Google AdWords job. Is there anything Mm. that could change? I don't think so. Honestly, like I I loved going at it from the get-go from a data-driven approach. I learned really quickly for the commercial photographers listening in um, that SEO is not a big uh, play for commercial work. Mm. Uh, it's much more trust and relationships based. And one thing that I wish that I had back then was a mentor. Because when I was really trying to dial in my own SEO, it took a lot of trial and error. Like I was the person throwing spaghetti up against a wall, mm-hmm. trying to see what the heck I was actually doing and then failing at it. And then like, oh my gosh, I'm panicking now. I have to put money into directory listings. Yeah. yeah. We have the ones I'm referring to. <laughs> So I put some money into those and it worked for me up until a certain price point. And then I was raising my prices further and further and further. I'm like, all those directory listings are not working anymore. So my SEO definitely needs to start kicking in. And then I put a lot more effort into it, but it was a lot of DIY. Yeah. I was taking a long path essentially by trying to figure it out on my own. Absolutely. Definitely. If you could add a final piece of advice for our listeners, Kyle, something that made a massive difference for your business life or your personal life, what would that one piece of advice be? Take ego out of your business. Um, And by that, I say with my own experience, I was very egocentric with things that I was doing. I was controlling everything. I felt like I had to edit my own photos. I felt like I had to write my own blog posts. I felt like I had to design my own website. And over the years, kind of looking back on things, I'm like, well, that blog post was written terribly or that design was awful. At the time, I thought I was good. I thought it was good enough. But looking back on it, it wasn't. And that's why I was stuck back then. Yeah. So all these sorts of things, take ego out, make more data-driven decisions in your business and just do your due diligence to make sure that your return on investment is going to be there. Because if you're outsourcing anything, make sure it's a money-making activity because you're then leveraging other people's time, saving yourself time, but still making the money you want to go make. For sure. I love that. If our listeners would like to find out more, get in touch with you, check out your mastermind group, your courses, how can they do all these things? The best way is going to be connecting with me personally on Facebook. I like actually building relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just add me as a friend on Facebook, send me a DM. If you want to go to my website directly, that's just my name. So kylegoldie.com, you will see all the details of my mastermind, what's included, the price points, spam plans. I'm super transparent. Mm -hmm. I'm not the person that's going to hide anything behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. So it's all right there. And just, again, just build relationships. Just send me a DM. Amazing. Perfect. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming and joining us, having that chat. I know that We literally could have gone on for hours about every single one of those topics. So just to take the tip of the iceberg off each one of those was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. I'll catch you soon. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye for now. Okay, guys, that's everything from me today. Thank you so much again to Kyle for coming and joining us on the show and imparting all of his awesome knowledge on SEO and all things websites. If you'd like to find out more, you can head to the show notes at www.studioninja.co forward slash episode 65. As always, please don't forget to rate us on the podcast platform that you're listening on. A little bit of love goes a very long way. I'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of NinjaCast, brought to you by Studio Ninja. Beautifully designed and super easy to use, Studio Ninja will help you manage your leads, clients, shoots, invoices, contracts, workflows, and so much more. To learn more or start your 30-day free trial, go to www.studioninja.co.